Happy hump day, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Yvette Unplugged. For today's Woman Crush Wednesday, I am not going to dig that far back into history, but I am going to go to my, she is literally like a really good friend of mine in my head. <laughs> I would love to meet her one day, um, but Michelle Obama, she is my Woman Crush Wednesday for today. And to I know that we all kind of probably know her. And if we don't know her, I don't know what hole you've been living in. But uh, yeah, I'm going to read um, the back cover of her book, Becoming. And if you haven't read it, I would definitely encourage you to check it out or even to listen to it on Audible, which is what I ended up having to do. <laughs> anyway, here we go. In a life filled with meaning and accomplishment, Michelle Obama has emerged as one of the most iconic and compelling women of our era. As First Lady of the United States of America, the first African-American to serve in that role, she helped create the most welcoming and inclusive White House in history, while also establishing herself as a powerful advocate for women and girls in the U.S. and around the world. Dramatically changing the ways that families pursue healthier and more active lives and standing with her husband as he led America through some of its most harrowing moments. Along the way, she showed us a few dance moves, crushed carpool karaoke, and raised two down-to-earth daughters under an unforgiving media glare. In her memoir, a work of deep reflection and mesmerizing storytelling, Michelle Obama invites readers into her world, chronicling the experiences that have shaped her from her childhood on the south side of Chicago to her years as an executive balancing the demands of motherhood and work to her time spent at the world's most famous address. With unerring honesty and lively wit, she describes her triumphs and her disappointments, both public and private, telling her full story as she has lived it, in her own words and on her own terms. Warm, wise, and revelatory, becoming as though deeply personal reckoning of a woman of soul and substance who has steadily defied expectations and whose story inspires us to do the same. I love that she decided to call her book Becoming because it suggests to me that she has not arrived, but that she is always growing and um, morphing or, or being molded and shaped into the person that, you know, that God has called her to be. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that little snippet about Michelle Obama this week. We are going to jump right into the topic for today. Um, this month is February, and not only is it Black History Month, but it is my firstborn's birthday month. And what I've come to realize is that his birthday is really significant to me. All of my children's birthdays are significant, but his birthday is significant because it is basically the anniversary of me becoming a mom. And so for today, I have decided that I want to kind of share seven lessons because he turned seven this month, um, seven lessons that I've learned in my seven years of motherhood. And they're in no particular order, just kind of how they arrived to me um, when I was trying to develop this list. And yeah, I am just going to go ahead and jump right into it. And actually, I would say, while this list is not in any particular order, this is my number one 
go-to answer when people ask me like, why should I have children or why have children? And it breaks my heart that not everyone is able to have children. But I do believe that having children allows you to truly know the depth of God's love for you. And so in order to help me highlight this idea or this um, first lesson, I am turning to 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. And I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB version. It reads, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. When I read that, I truly know the depth of God's love for me because there is no way in hell, excuse my verbiage, that I would give up any four of my children for anyone else, for (laughs) y'all, for you listening to this podcast. I would not sacrifice my child in that way. I know that this comes from, um, there's so much more like depth to God's decision to do that on our behalf, but I just can't imagine giving up my children to, um, to deal with the consequences of sin that is not theirs, to die publicly on a cross stretched out in front of how, however many people. You know, it's just, I don't know if I could do it, y'all. And so, yeah, that's the first lesson I've learned. And I'm grateful to my children too, because I feel like there are so many moments when I am talking to them or disciplining them And through the sound of my own voice, I'm hearing the voice of God. (laughs) I can be telling my child to, you know, slow down, take a deep breath. And then in those moments, I'm like, man, Lord, I hear you. Like you're telling me to just slow down and take a deep breath. And so many moments in my mothering, I have had moments like that. And I am just so grateful to know that God loves me in such a way that he's gifted me with these four little beings in order to just show me how much he loves me. Lesson number two that I've learned is that beauty is birthed from pain and discomfort. And when I think about this, I think about labor pains, you know, like just even the process of growing a human being inside of you. I have always had pleasurable pregnancies, and I know that's not the case for many women out there, but I've always enjoyed being pregnant. And there does come a time, though, there does come moments when it's uncomfortable. Like the bigger your belly gets, the more difficult it is to sleep or the more lower back pains you have, depending on who you are. Some people don't experience these things. So don't think of it as like, oh, my gosh, this is what I have to look forward to, because that's not necessarily everyone's story. But for me, it is. And then you get to the actual time where you are supposed to deliver this baby. You experience the beauty of this life growing inside of you. And for me, it's just an amazing thing, the woman's body, like what we are able to accomplish. The fact that God chose women to be able to carry 
life and grow life inside of them. Then you arrive to the moment, the time when it is time to birth this life out of you. And there is, I've experienced it four different times. And I would say that all four different times were a little bit different than the other. However, what remained consistent during each of their, my children's deliveries is that there was pain and there was discomfort. Sometimes I could, I could deal with the pain better than others. And that was probably because I was a lot more um, intentional about being connected to the Lord as my strength. And because I had the right support team around me and I created an atmosphere that was um, welcoming of this new life. And that kind of fostered my own mindset in bringing this life into the world. But it just goes to show that like there is going to be painful moments in life and there is going to be a lack of comfort. But once you get through that, once you get on the other side of that, there is beauty that is birthed from that. <laughs> I mean, each time that I've had a child, I think I've kind of forgotten about just how painful those contractions can be. Um, but each time I feel like I've developed new coping mechanisms in order to kind of get through that because I know that on the other side of it, there is beauty. There is this child that I get to hold in my arms. There is this child that I get to watch grow, that I get to watch crawl for the first time and stand for the first time and walk for the first time. There is so much beauty that comes from the pain and the discomfort. And so the same is true in life. We are going to experience tough times. It's almost guaranteed. And from that comes growth and development as a person and as a human being. And so I'm grateful for that knowledge and that understanding. Number three, the third lesson that I've learned in motherhood is that children are so resilient. Each one of my children have had to experience some kind of setback for the lack of a better word. Um, Theophilus, when he was young, we discovered that he had what is called a venous malformation. And we discovered it because there was like a, um, it would look like a swelling on his knee that would kind of prevent him from walking like in the normal fashion, he kind of would have a limp. And then in the mornings he would wake up and he would be like, it was just like, he wouldn't even want to walk at all. And so we discovered that and it came to find out like surgery wasn't necessarily like the end all be all, but it was going to help him overcome this pain that he was experiencing. And so it's a really nerve wracking um, experience to watch your child have to deal with something like that, especially so young. I don't recall how old he was. He had to have been maybe um, a year old, maybe a little bit older, somewhere between a year and two years old. He definitely wasn't two. He was younger than two, but somewhere in between there. And he he did it. He got the surgery done and 
when he first got it, he had to have a cast on because, you know, children like to pick at scabs and stuff. And so the cast was mostly to allow his scar to heal. And so when he first got it, he would he wasn't really about walking or whatever. But eventually he started running around and doing all kinds of things in that cast. And just watching him go through that just showed me how resilient children really are. And they I mean, my children have fallen off beds and gone right back up now. And it, <laughs> I'm a little afraid to uh, admit that, but you know, they're still alive. They're doing well. Um, and then you have Uriah Bo, who at one point just wasn't breathing and Glenn had to call an ambulance and have them come and just, you know, help him breathe. And that was a scary moment in parenting. We actually ended up being in um, the hospital for a few days with him just so that they can kind of monitor him and make sure everything was okay. But, you know, <laughs> if you know Raya Bo now, he is just the most liveliest child that I have. And he bounced back from that. And then you have Anaya Zai, who she's still dealing with her issues, but she has, um, I forget what it's called. It's a try of something, but she has not only like when she was three months old, we realized that she had eczema. And then we realized that that was related to food allergies. And we even discovered more food allergies along the way. And she also is asthmatic. And so she has these things that she has to deal with on a daily basis, things that I don't fully understand. She often like when she gets a, like a minor cold to me or my other children turns into a whole thing for her because it causes her to have difficulty breathing. And I'm just watching her deal with that and navigate through it on her own terms. And the level of understanding that she is beginning to develop about um, these conditions that she has is amazing. And as a two-year-old, almost three-year-old, the way that she is able to um, communicate to me, mom, I need a breathing treatment or you know, just those types of things or to even say, oh, I can't have that because it makes me sick. Yeah, baby girl. Yeah. And so she doesn't let those things set her back completely. They are such a bummer for her sometimes, but she is able to kind of just understand and know that this is what it is. And and she's fine. She's fine. Like me, I'm looking at her I'm like, oh, my poor baby. But she is totally fine. She doesn't even really... um I mean, I don't really know her th inner thoughts, but it appears as though she's not letting these things set her back. And resilience is defined as the ability to withstand or recover quickly from difficult um, conditions. And I feel like all three of my older kids have been able to do that. And Uzi is still so young. Um, <laughs> he hasn't really experienced any setbacks yet. I reflect back on my three oldest kids and I look at Uzi and I'm like, expecting something to come about. I'm expecting there to be a thing because all of my other three have had a thing. And I think I've shared on here before that that's just kind of the way that I am. I don't like that about myself, but I, that is something that is true of me where I just kind of am like, oh, things are too good to be true. So there must be something coming along the way. And that's kind of where I am right now with Uzi. And I don't want to speak that into the atmosphere. I don't want to wish that on him at all. However, what my three children have shown me is that 
even though he may um, encounter some difficulty or some challenge, he is resilient. He will be resilient in that. He will bounce back. We will help him overcome it and it'll be something that he will get through and recover quickly from. And maybe the recovery won't be so quick, quick, but there will be a recovery because he's got a great support system in myself and in his father and in his siblings. And so, yeah, my third lesson was about resilience. And my fourth lesson is that forgiveness should have no contingencies. (laughs) Oh my goodness. If you have had children or if you have been a sibling if you just kind of reflect back on your younger siblings, because I know that as we get older, this becomes a little bit more of a challenge. However, like I look at my two oldest, specifically the boys, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> the other day, um, Theo and Uriah, they were Theo. OK, so Theo just had a birthday. And so, of course, what comes with birthdays is gifts. People get you gifts and stuff. And so for Theo's birthday, he got a Lego set and it's one of those ones that it comes with like a certain amount of pieces and you're supposed to build a specific thing. And so Theo got this and he opened it up and he had been asking me to open it up for like literally from the night he got it until the following day. And I was like, there are some things we have to do in order for you to be able to play with this thing. And so it comes time for him to play with it. And then he says that Uriah can do it with him. I don't know what happened between him and Uriah starting to play with this and the moment that I catch them on the couch, like fighting, like seriously fighting. But I had to break up this fight and separate them. Theo was so upset to the point that he was crying and Uriah looked like he was about to boil over and really like hurt my child. And I'm just looking at them like, oh my goodness. And so... That is that, you know, I'm not going to go into what happened after that. But the crazy thing is like moments later, they cool. (laughs) They are cool. Like it's like nothing ever happened. And I just reflect back on how angry they were with each other and then how they can just be running around laughing and playing within an hour, you know? And for me, something like that would have to happen. It would take like a month to get over it with my siblings. But these boys, these kids are just like, we're brothers. We're sister and brother. We're siblings. Like there's, we don't have to, whatever. And there's not always an apology. Um, Whenever I step in, I usually require an apology. But when they have their little things that they have, they just bounce right back and they are forgiving each other and homies again. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. (laughs) Like to me, it's kind of a beautiful thing that they can just forgive so easily because the foundation of the relationship is love. And so I admire that about them. The fifth lesson is um, they've opened me up to experience more grace for myself I've talked about how um, I've talked about how I can be I can have high expectations of myself and that if I don't meet those expectations, it's it's kind of a big bummer. And I feel like this is a lesson that I'm still learning. It's not something that I've learned 
per se, but it's something that I'm experiencing for myself. And that is that I just need to have more grace for me because I look at my children and how they react to me. And there's so many things that I feel like I'm getting wrong, but they look at me and they love me. (laughs) They, they have nothing but love for their mother. And I want to start to see myself through their lens. And even like, as I feel like, as though I'm not getting things right, I am seeing uh, parts of their character, elements of their character that I'm like, you know, that is a direct impact or that has a direct correlation to things that I have done or ways that I have spent time with them. For example, Maverick City Music sings this song called History. And it is such a beautiful song. It says, because you and I have got a history. We go way, way back. We go way, way back. You and I have got history. Oh, yes, we do. And it's talking about the you and I is talking about is God, God and I, that we've had, we've got a history. It goes on to say, I'm never going to let you go. Or it says, he says this, I'm never going to let you go. Like, that's what God says to us. I'm never going to let you go. He says, I never have and I never will. The other day I was walking through the house. It was actually supposed to be quiet time. And I hear Theophilus singing this song. And it says, nothing can set the bridge goes. Nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate us. We go way, way back. We go way, way back. And I just realized that. As a mother, one of the main one of the things that I do is I'm always playing praise and worship music through my home. And what I'm realizing is that my children are beginning to these words are making their their way into the hearts and mind of my children. And I'm not sure that they fully understand the lyrics that they are singing at this moment in time, but I just trust and believe that those things are just going to settle on their spirit in such a way that they really do begin to understand it and know the love of God for themselves. And as I'm thinking about this, these specific lyrics, I'm like, man, like, I hope my children know this about me, that we've got a history that I've never let them go and I never will. And nothing can separate us because I've always had their back and they can trust me. And so, I don't know, that moment that I heard Theo singing that song just really warmed my heart. And even the other day, I had to take Anaya to the doctor's office because she had gotten a minor cold, but because she has asthma, it turned into this whole thing. And while we were in the doctor's office, she was wheezing and having a hard time breathing And I was holding her and I was like, baby, what can I do? Like, how can I help you right now? And she asked me to sing to her. And she asked me to sing this song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, which is a song that when it's my turn to put the kids to bed, we always sing that song. And so it's just like she needed that reassurance that, you know, Jesus loves me or that was a comforting thing for her. And it was just amazing. And so it's moments like those that are like, okay, I can have grace on myself because these children, there are things like, maybe I'm not getting it all right. Maybe there are things that I'm like, okay, 
you should know how to multiply by um, twos by now or whatever. <laughs> Mind you, my oldest is in the first grade, so I don't even know if that's a standard. But, you know, I'm. it's just, I just need to have more grace on myself. And I feel like being a mother has allowed me to begin to experience what that looks and feels like. And so I'm grateful for that. Lesson number six is that they've pointed me back to my husband. Um, That might be a weird lesson, but I feel like the more children I have, the more, the, 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 the more I figure out how, just how important it is that I be, that I have a good relationship with my husband, that I'm always looking to him first because the truth of the matter is my children are beautiful human beings and I love them and I care for them but at the end of the day they are going to be just like me leaving their mother's house and their father's house and starting their own lives and their father and I are going to be left behind as empty nesters looking at each other like oh my goodness finally we get to just like be friends or we're going to look at each other and be like oh my goodness who are you and so um I'm grateful to them because they have kind of reiterated to me the importance of that specific relationship, the importance of prioritizing um, our relationship and our love for one another and the time that we get to spend with one another. And so, yeah, I'm grateful for that. And this last lesson, lesson number seven, is they have taught me the art of letting go (laughs) specifically letting go of control and I will link it in the show notes below but uh recently for Theo's birthday he asked well I don't know if he necessarily asked for it for his birthday but he's been asking us if he could cut his hair and my child I don't know I I assume people are listening to this podcast who follow our family on YouTube and on Instagram but if you don't you should we have a YouTube channel called Belief in Fatherhood. And so we have decided we he's been asking to cut his hair for a while. And we finally decided to let him do that before his seventh birthday. And my on my husband's you on our family YouTube channel, Belief in Fatherhood, we have or my husband has done a beautiful job of telling the story of him asking the actual cut and then us kind of seeing him for the first time. And I don't know what, what it was that, you know, I, I don't know. There's something about black hair. Us as black people, hair has been always been kind of a significant thing to all of us. And there are so many layers to that, that maybe I can talk about on another podcast episode, but him cutting his hair was a big deal for us. And um, I'm, I'm looking to him and I'm like, wow, man, like you made this decision. And my biggest concern or my biggest hesitancy in allowing him to make this decision for himself was that I was afraid that he was going to make this decision. We go through with it and then he regret it. And yes, hair grows back, but I really didn't want him to experience that regret. However, when this child cut his hair, <laughs> there was so much joy that washed over him 
that it felt to us that we should have probably allowed him to do this much sooner. We should have trusted him with that decision. And so with this decision, I have learned the art of letting go because even if he did make this decision, we went through with it and then he regretted it. We would have been right there beside him, holding his hand and helping him to um, cope with that regret. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay if he were to regret the decision. We could have helped him overcome that or walk through that. And what better way for him to deal with regret than with the support of his parents and his family? So in this, yeah, I've learned the art, the art of letting go. Our children are going to make decisions that um, I will not be able to control. And so basically I'm saying I have, I am learning to let go of control. There are things that they are going to have to decide for themselves and live with the consequences of. And all I can do is just be there to support them along the way. I can be a sounding board. I can be a, um, a crutch. That sounds a little bit bad, but I can be those things. And so, yeah, those are my seven lessons and I'll recap them. Number one, I've learned the depth of God's love for me. Number two, I've learned that beauty is birthed from pain and discomfort. Number three, I've learned just how resilient children can be. Number four, forgiveness should have no contingencies. <laughs> Number five, I've opened up myself I've opened myself up to experience more grace for me. Number six, um, I have realized the importance of my relationship with my husband and keeping him first. And number seven, I have learned the art of letting go of control. And with number seven, it kind of leads me into the quote of the week, which is on the other side of fear is freedom. I heard it first from my husband and I tried to look up who is the originator of the quote, but apparently it's a thing that a lot of people say. So I don't know really who to credit it with, but on the other side of fear is freedom. So the things that we are afraid of, sometimes if we just face those fears or even just express those fears, it no longer has control over us once we kind of face it head on and get to the other side of it. So... I'm going to leave y'all with that. I think I hear my baby up. So I need to go and um, attend to him. But I just appreciate you guys so much for listening every week. And I will see you again next week. Have a good week.